I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me. Reoccurring guest, friend of the pod, you know him as All Things Mavs on Twitter. It's Jimmy Crowther. What you got for me, Jimmy? Man, I got a, a whole lot of not basketball, but man, I'm excited to talk Mavs and just be back on the podcast, Nick. I love being on Locked On Mavs always. We appreciate you jumping in as always. This week on the pod, um, Isaac and I are going to do our normal Thursday show uh, live on Hot Mike. So as always. Check the link in the description of this podcast to come join us live on Hot Mike. We're going to do a game pod this week on Thursday. But the rest of the time this week, I'm going to interview some of the biggest Mavs fans out there, talk about their Mavs fan experience, and then look at the team uh, from the past, talk about their you know fandom in the past, talk about the present of this Mavericks team, and then some of the future of this Mavericks team as an actual basketball team. We're going to talk about... You know, the team as a basketball team and not, you know, we're going to try to avoid as much of the coronavirus pandemic as we can. Hopefully give you guys a little bit of an escape on this one. So um, that's what we're going to do this week. We have Jimmy on today to talk about his fandom, talk about the Mavericks. And um, also, if you're listening to this on Monday or, or late Sunday night, on Monday, NBA TV is showing the 2011 finals. And so that means on Hot Mike, I will be broadcasting game five and six. Uh, it starts at 4 p.m. Central Time, 11 p.m. Uh, local time in Germany, if you guys are out there listening in Germany or Slovenia, they're in the same time zone. So um, you can go and watch me on Hot Mike. You can download the app, enter the code Nick Van Exit, and you can watch the last two finals games from the 2011 finals with me. That should be pretty fun. So join me on that. Uh, that should be awesome. Also, Isaac and I are planning on doing our own rewatch with the 2011 finals that I don't think will be on Hot Mike. It'll be on something else, but we'll keep you posted on that. We're going to do a full rewatch like we did the finals flashbacks a couple years ago. So, all right, there you go. All that being said, Jimmy, let's get into some of the present of this Mavs team. First of all, did you watch Luca on IG Live the other night on Instagram Live? You know, I turned it on and... Uh... <laughs> I can't say I was very entertained for the five minutes of content that I got. And I was like, you know, I'm sure I'll see the highlights on Mavs Twitter. And I uh, I turned it off. So, no, I, I didn't. I didn't watch a whole lot of Luke on IG Live that night. I turned it on and I watched the whole thing. And um, No, you did not. He, uh, well, as you said, the Mavs Twitter will tell you what it is. And I am part of Mavs Twitter. And I, just, I need to know if something's going to happen. Something's going to go down. Uh, Luca That's literally great. was just on Instagram Live singing to some of his favorite songs, and he didn't even finish a full song. He would do that thing <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of you guys think is really annoying, where you play a song and you get through a part that you like, and then you just skip to the next one, and you just never finished a full song. Um, New Holger was there, and their dogs were there, and uh, they were just having, you know, they're just living their life. And Trey Young and Maxi were commenting, and Boban was commenting, and. Uh, it was one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen. I don't exactly know why he was live. Uh, Trey Young said that he was lit. Um, I don't. I cannot confirm or deny if Luca was lit or not. He was drinking something orange. It looked like orange juice. Could have been anything. <laughs> also, hey, he's twenty one now. He can drink whatever he, he can. wants. <laughs> he can drink whatever he wants. Uh, but anyway, I just thought that was really funny. And he said he was going to go live with Trey Young. He ended up not doing it. I guess. So maybe look out for that in the future. Uh, Luca and Trey Young. That could be fun. That live stream. Oh, that one I would definitely watch. And hopefully they answer some controversial questions that Trey hates answering and 
get into uh, all their connections that are going to be there for the rest of their careers. Forever. They'll be there forever. Yeah, for um, the rest of their lives. So, okay, from this MAP season, the 2019-20 season that is technically still ongoing, um, what's been your favorite part of this MAP season? Oh, man. I mean, look, just finally getting to see Chris Alps, Porzingis, and Luca actually play together, that's probably – it should be, I think, everyone's answer. Um, so I'll kind of skip through that one because it's so obvious, just the, the chemistry they have on the court and that I think is beginning to really develop off the court or really has uh, begun to is just – you know, fulfilled a lot of dreams that we've been waiting for since, you know, middle of last season when we actually traded for Porzingis. Um, and it's just been really encouraging to see because we know we have these two guys for at least the next five years and hopefully, as, as Cuban has said, for the next two decades uh, together to play. And um, that's definitely been my favorite part right off the bat. I think the early rise and jump to success that this Mavs team had, you know, proving a lot of people wrong right off the bat has been really, really cool to see. But I think... I, probably my favorite part is the fact that Luca has solidified himself as a top five player in the league in his second year in the NBA. Uh, I mean, just getting to watch him like night in and night out, do what he did this, that has been doing this year and hopefully gets to continue doing this year is just been one of the most encouraging things as a Mavs fan coming out of the Dirk era. And just as an NBA fan too, getting to watch this young guy take the league by storm so fast. um, The way he has has just been amazing. It's wild that those two are as young as they are, as good as they are, and it just cannot be it cannot be overstated, right? Uh, I think we take even we even take it for granted how good Luca has been. Just think about you know the last couple years, even like so. Take this timeline when Isaac and I took over Lockdown Maps. It was May of 2017. There was no Dennis Smith Jr. There was Harrison Barnes. There was Dirk aging, and they were trying to figure out how to send Dirk off the right way. There was not really any draft picks to look forward to. They had draft picks, but the Mavs really hadn't used any of them effectively, and so people were really down on draft picks in general. And now, you know, three years later, the Mavericks have two of the best under 25 players in the entire NBA, and and the best under, you know, 25, under maybe under 30 player. Like, he's just so good at this point in his career. And, uh, yeah, and some of the stars are aging out. You know, Durant's getting older. LeBron's obviously older. Uh, I don't know if LeBron will ever age out of the NBA, though, <laughs> at this rate. But uh, – and Luka is the one on the rise. And the Mavericks have one of those players. It's just amazing to me that we can still, you know, talk about that and say that. And that continues to be true. Yeah, I, I mean – and the personality that he has off the court has just made it even more fun, especially now that we're seeing – you know, I love what the interactions I've seen – I guess during this quarantine time, my favorite part has been Brunson and Luca kind of going back and forth on Twitter. That <laughs> yeah. has been so entertaining to me. So, yeah, man, I mean, we're, we're so lucky to watch him. And definitely, like you said, 100% the best under 25 player. And, yeah, I guess he is kind of crawling up there, the, the best under 30. Yeah, like, I think Kawhi is still under 30. But other than uh, that, yeah. you know, like Curry is over 30. Duran is over 30. LeBron. AD is under 30. But, I mean, you could even – Gosh, you can you can make a case. Luca's better than you can Anthony Davis. Case. You can 100% make that case. I'll, I'll make that case right now. That That's is, I, wild. I think 100%. Okay, here's a fun question. If you could take one player from any other team in the NBA and drop it onto the Mavs, no cap implications or anything, like what's your dream free agency acquisition, basically? Just you could poach any player. And there's my dog. Man, there's, <laughs> there's the dogs. He's excited Man. about that question. Oh, that is so tough. But for this team, putting Kawhi Leonard on this team would do wonders. I mean, you have him to guard the absolute best player. He's 
another go-to guy that can kind of score in the mid-range, a thing that, you know, I don't think the Mavs do real well. It's not like they attack the mid-range very often anyway, but Kawhi can go get that bucket. Man, his defensive ability with next to Luka, and then, I mean, that big three of Luka, Kawhi, and KP, like, come on, that's that, that's wild. I, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, if you want to go for the youth, if you want to try to say, hey, you know, get someone younger to kind of fit the timeline at that point, I'll probably say Anthony Davis. And so you have a two-headed monster down low of KP and AD. But just right now, this year, if I get him for, for one year, this next year, I guess, put Kawhi on that team. And that's championships for days and days. Yeah, I think there's three potentially acceptable answers, right? There's So LeBron's out, right? Like he, I don't think that you would want to add LeBron to this team. Him and Luka just overlap no. a little bit too much. Uh, you don't want to take the ball out of Luka's hands too much. Giannis, in a way... Kind of does oh, that same it. thing, but yeah, uh, Giannis I think would be another answer, and then Kawhi and AD. I think those are the th- like if you had to pick between those three, like you can make a case for every single one of them that makes sense. Man, I'm gonna backtrack. I don't know <laughs> why I forgot about Giannis. I-, I think Giannis all around. I mean, Giannis fits the timeline, and yeah, he does do some of the stuff where he likes to have the ball in his hands. But like if he's playing off a point guard like Luka Doncic, I think he'd be just fine without the ball in his hands, and he does all the things defensively that you would need him to do. Uh, yeah okay I take it back Kawhi Leonard I think would be a close second for me but Giannis is clearly my number one choice and I just love the guy I mean I think he's my favorite I think he is my favorite non-Maverick in the NBA right now I honestly think you could make a case for Kawhi over Giannis right I I think it might be a little harder but Giannis needs the ball just a little bit more than Kawhi does Uh, Kawhi can get you that bucket in a tight window Uh, and in an on an area of the court where you know Luka and KP don't exactly like we talked about that mid-range game a lot, but but Kawhi is one of the best in the NBA at that, uh, and Luca doesn't really have that much in his game. He doesn't need it at this point in his game. He will at some point, but uh, Kawhi just has that part of his game down, and he wouldn't take the ball out of Luca's hands as much as Giannis would. Like it's splitting hairs at this point. They're two of the best players right. in the NBA, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting question. I think it comes down to either two, and you you have to have somebody that's that's elite defensively, right? If you're going to add somebody, and that's why. Those are the three answers we get to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think any of those three. And then again, I do like I do like the idea of Anthony Davis as well. I think those would be my three. I think you go Giannis, Kawhi, and then a distant third would be AD for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the, the tier. Uh, so there you go. That's the the Mavs present coming up. We'll get into the past. We'll talk about obviously Dirk twenty eleven. We'll talk about how Jimmy first started becoming a Mavs fan. All that. But before we do, Jimmy. I'm sure you're you're like a lot of us. You're social distancing. You're stuck at home. Uh, you want to support local businesses out there. And what better way to support local businesses and restaurants that you love? I know we have certain restaurants around here that we would be really sad if they ended up going out of business because of you know social distancing and not being able to you know uh, have people come to their stores and come to their restaurants at this point. What better way to get food to you right now than with Postmates? If you're like me, you probably started thinking about what's for dinner while you're eating lunch, which is true. Uh, I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right now. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They make life easier with grocery delivery, whatever I can think of delivery, convenience stores, clothing stores, anything. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners 
$100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Right now, if you're stuck inside somewhere, you're social distancing, you're working from home, whatever, $100 of delivery credit in your first seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase. You can you can get anything and your delivery purchase is taken care of up to $100. This is for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Jimmy, let's take a look back at the Mavericks, um, who kind of have like this storied past now, which is, is crazy to think the Dirk era is past us. I mean, it is, it's still kind of amazing to me that we're just like, we've moved on from the Dirk era, right? He's just, he's not part of this team anymore. The Mavericks have moved on from him so well that we kind of forget about him. Um, you're not in this point where you're like, man, you just, you wish for the days of the Dirk era. And I'm sure a lot of people do, but there's just enough to look forward to that. You're not looking back as much. Um, when did you be first become a Mavs fan? Let's start there. Man, I mean, I was born in Dallas, born and raised, and my dad was always a basketball fan. So I always remember from as, as early as I can, at least paying attention to and knowing what's going on with the Mavs and, and just having the games on at night. But I think when I first actually embraced like my fandom was in 2003 or four. I was six or seven because that's when my dad first got his tickets to go to a game. And I remember he got us the tickets and he said, hey, we're going to watch the Detroit Pistons and the Mavs play. This is the year the Pistons won the championship. I remember that so clearly uh, with Chauncey Billups and Ben yes, Wallace. And so all 2004. Guys. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it was 2004 um, and he got the tickets for Christmas. The game was in like February, I think. It was early February. And so we went to that game and I just remember I was a huge Ben Wallace fan uh, and mm. I, I loved it. And so I went to the game. And initially, when he bought the tickets, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're flying to Detroit to go watch a basketball game. It's awesome." He's like, "No, we're just we're just going to, to Dallas." And I was like, "I was like, okay, great, that works too." So went to the game. This is obviously, I think this was the last year Steve Nash was a Maverick. So it was Nash, it was Josh Howard, Michael Finley, and Dirk. Uh, Antoine Walker was on that team, and Dirk drops forty in the game. I'll never forget it. And I come home. That's all I can talk about. I think my dad bought me two jerseys that night, and. The rest is history, man. I mean, we were buying, I went to games pretty regularly after that too. Um, my, you know, I was kind of crushed because that's right when I started falling in love with the Mavs, and then Nash was gone, so I didn't get to embrace him fully. But everything I remember about him was incredible that one season. So, yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. That season was the first year I remember embracing the Mavs as my team and, and just stocking up on the gear and, and diving headfirst into what the Mavs were all about. Interesting. So it was it was back then, right? As you know, the rise of Dirk at that point. Uh, they were about to go to the finals at that point. Um, so th- that was the first game you ever went to. Do you remember any of the other early games you went to as a kid? I remember <laughs> this one was pretty early too. It had to be really early because Antoine Walker was still playing on the team, and I just got my first setup. So at Mavs games, they used to give out like packs of. Dallas Mavericks cards so like mm. like Panini cards um, and they had like five or six players every game you went to and again we were going to games pretty regularly at this point and one of the packs had Antoine Walker in it and I was like okay that's the first card I remember ever getting and I was like well now I gotta get his autograph that's the next step mm. and so we're sitting in the lower bowl um, near like the back wall like where the Mavs maniacs would be dancing and my dad and it's just my dad and I and my dad tells me to go down on the court and get his autograph and I'm like that's not I, I'm like six six years old and I, I like I know that that's not how this works like I can't just get <laughs> onto the court I don't remember what game this was but I very clearly remember this and so I run down 
the stairs, run past the security guard, the first one. And then I get to the second one. And she stops me. And she's like, no, no, go back up to your dad. I was like, okay, cool. And then my dad distracts the security guard and I ran past her onto the court while they're warming up. And I tug on, I tugged on Antoine Walker's warm up shirt and he signed my card. And then I ran, I sprinted back up and that's, I think I blacked out the rest of the game cause I was so excited. <laughs> and so I got, I still have that basketball card too. I have a signed Antoine Walker card who didn't do that great in Dallas anyway, but yeah. that was one of the early games I remember going to and I'll never forget. I went to, um, also when the Mavs made the playoffs, made the finals back in 06 when they lost to the Heat, I went to one game of each of the series leading up to the NBA finals. So like when they played Spurs, um, whoever else they played, I can't even remember now. Uh, but I know when they played the Spurs, I went to that game. I went to one of those games and I went to every game of each series, or I went to at least one game of each series except for the finals. And then we lost the finals. So I'll never forgive myself for not going to at least one of those games. Oh, so you're superstitious and you think that because you didn't go, they didn't win. No, I know because I didn't go. They didn't win. <laughs> but that's those are my early memories. That story about you running on the court is incredible. So, okay, you were six years old. I was six or seven. I guess I would have been – if it was 2004, I would have been seven. Yeah. But, yeah, that was that was one of the first first memories I ever had. And I just remember looking up at him, and he was looking down at me like, what in the world is this kid doing <laughs> down here in, like, 15 minutes to tip off? And security just i guess my dad did a great job of distracting that security guard yeah he must have done at that point uh that's not to the level of that kid running on the court and giving carmelo a hug in the middle of a game right like it's not on that level but it's it's somewhere in between a normal fan and that yeah yeah i mean it was you know i golly i can't imagine if it was during a game oh my gosh but yeah no that was fear. One of those memorable, <laughs> memorable nba moments of my life yeah no kidding uh, you should tweet out the picture of that Antoine Walker card with uh, with this podcast. Yeah, man. Next time, well, here's a problem: is I'm stuck in Oklahoma right now. All my basketball cards are back in Dallas. Oh, back but there. if I can, uh, the next time, next time I go home, I'll get that and I'll send a picture of it. And it'll yeah, that'd be awesome. Link, link back to this podcast because this is one of those ones that people can listen to whenever. It doesn't matter when they're listening. For sure, for sure. Um, so okay, so you didn't go to the 2011 finals. Do you remember where you were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I was in Dallas the entire time. Uh, I really wanted to go to the parade, but it was so hot. My parents were like, no, we're not going to the parade. Uh, I was in Dallas, and I remember I had beanbags at the time. I would have been, let's see, 2011 was nine years ago. Oh, my gosh. So I was like 13. And uh, I was, we, I'd watch every game. I'd put both of the beanbags down in the living room to my parents' demise, <laughs> and I'd plop down and watch every single game on our TV in the living room. And every game was in Dallas, that one. I mean, I'll... I'll never forget, man. It was uh, one of the most incredible, incredible little runs that I've ever been been able to watch. But yeah, so you were sitting there watching by yourself. Did your dad watch with you? You have friends? Oh no, my, my parents. My parents watched them with me. I couldn't have my friends over because I would get I get too stressed out, and so like it was like <laughs> I, I had like little thirteen year old me was too stressed out about the games, and yeah. all my friends didn't care as much as I did. Mm. So I'd have to sit there, and it would just be my dad and me, and my little sister, and my mom usually, and we would be watching all the games and. I'd just be screaming at the TV the entire time, but it was it was so worth it. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Just watching it with my, especially because my dad is the one who got got me into the Mavs. So being able to watch every one of those games with him, and then finally Game Six and bringing home the trophy and sitting there like I was literally like I just remember his arm was around me during the entire time they were doing like the trophy acceptance and everything, and Dirk getting the Finals MVP, and that that's one of the coolest moments ever as a as a Mavs fan. 
It has to be, man. It's it's a gr- one of the great moments. Uh, that happened to me a lot growing up too, where I just was way more of a fan of the NBA and of my team than anybody else around me. That that seemed like a case for you. Oh, a hundred percent. I think it's still true. Um, <laughs> Probably to, to this yeah. day. I mean, um, I was like, you know, sometimes I'll lock myself in my room and watch Fox Sports go on my Xbox and and not talk to anyone when the Mavs are playing. <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite uh, Dirk moment that's maybe not twenty the twenty eleven run? Yeah, I think, man, there's so many. I, I think the one, the fifty fifty three point game against the Rockets. I think that was also two thousand four. So I guess, man, everything really happened for me in that year. But um, he had fifty points against T Mac and the Rockets. T Mac scored forty something. I'm pretty sure. But I was in Houston, and all my cousins are big Houston Rockets fans. And so we were at my cousin's house and we we're just screaming back and forth the entire game. Cause Dirk's every time Dirk would score a bucket, T-Mac would drop a bucket. And it was, that was one of my favorite Dirk moments of all time. Um, I think another one, not 2011, this isn't basketball, but I went to um, his hero celebrity softball game when I was a senior in high school. And that's the first time I ever talked to Dirk in person. And that was, I mean, I, I <laughs> barely remember it cause I was so excited, but he was, that was, you know, during that celebrity game, he'll go around the entire stadium until the lights turn yeah. off, um, or even when the lights are turned off, and signing every single autograph. And the fact that he shook my hand, signed my shirt, and took a selfie with me is—I mean, actually, I don't know if I got a selfie, but I definitely got a shirt signed, and I got to talk to him and shook his hand. And that was—I literally thanked him. I said thank you, like that's all I could say. It was like thank you and nice to meet you. And I'm Jimmy. And that was it. <laughs> <I'm> Jimmy. <laughs> um, so yeah, personal moment. That that has to be one of them, man. I. I adore that guy <laughs> yeah he's an inc- he's an incredible human and inc- obviously an incredible basketball player um okay wait let, this is another the last question of the of the past recently okay. i saw somebody i think it was brady um writes a lot about WNBA. he said one of his hot takes about the nba is it all time dirk is a better basketball player than kobe would you agree or disagree with that statement? <laughs> um you could say it to dirk- me i'm not going to care either way so I mean, the the Dirk and Mavs fan in me and the fact that I grew up watching Dirk and not Kobe makes me say absolutely 100%. Uh, I, but, man, Kobe was – Kobe. I, there was times where Kobe's in the top three. Like, some people have him in their top three, which I think is crazy. But, you know what? I'll give the edge to Dirk. Sure, Dirk was <laughs> – Why not? Basketball player. It's a Mavs podcast, and I'm all things Mavs, so I'll, I'll give the edge to Dirk on this one. I think Isaac, Isaac and I might like hash that out and make it a whole podcast because I think there's different angles. I think, I think there's angles you can you can take to that um, because, like, defensively, at what point was Kobe still effective, and what point was it just a legacy, like all defensive team? Uh, Dirk was not that great of a you know that great of a defender to that level. But what he brought to a team offensively, like you never had a a team with Dirk on it that had a bad offense, right? It just never really happened. Never a bad offense. And I mean, teammates, we don't even have to talk about the teammates that Dirk had versus what. Obviously, Kobe was on some pretty terrible teams at times, but man, nobody even stacks up. You know, put the best five teammates that Kobe had, or they're probably all better than the top five teammates Dirk has had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You start talking about Shaq, you know, Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom. Um, yeah, you start go, you start going down the list, and you're like, maybe all those players are better than any player Dirk's played with, <laughs> besides, yeah. um, you know, Nash at one point, and then Luca. Yeah, and if you even want to count Luca, because that was in the twilight of his career, right? You know? Right. 
All right, coming up, let's get into the future. Let's look ahead. What type of free agents do the Mavericks need to add? We'll go through the 2021 class again. Um, and what we think the ceiling is for this Mavs team. Let's talk about that coming up next. All right, Jimmy, let's look forward now with this Mavericks team. Um, let's just start simple. What do you think is the Mavs' biggest need going forward? Maybe not a specific player, but a type of player. What What does this Mavs team need the most? Man, I know we have shooters at this point, except you can never have enough. Um, so, I mean, shooting is always going to be something I would love to prioritize in free agency. And just another guy that can get his own basket. You know, I think someone that can create their own shot is something that's going to be really important for Luca. I think Porzingis is slowly getting back to that where he can create his own shot, but not at the level of a, you know, think even someone like Danilo Gallinari, you know, makes a lot of sense as someone who can go out and get their own bucket from the mid range or start at the top of the key and, and get to the rim or, you know, whatever it may be. I think so. someone who can create their own basket is number one uh, for me. And then another wing defender. Uh, I think, you know, that's why you bring on MKG, but that's a very poor man's version of the kind of wing defender the Mavs really need at this point. Dorian Finney-Smith is really coming to his own as an elite 3 and D player in the league at this point. Tim Hardaway Jr. is good, but he's just a little undersized for, I think, the wings that we need to be concerned with. Like, you know, think about the Clippers. You don't want – obviously, Dorian's going to check Kawhi Leonard at this point. You're putting Tim Hardaway Jr. on Paul George. That's a mismatch. I, I don't like that. So I think create your own bucket kind of guy, number one. Another defensive wing, number two for me. Yeah, I think if you can combine those two, if you can get like an, oh, for sure. know, an elite wing defender that can also potentially get his own bucket, that's the absolute apex of a player that you can get, And which is why we talked about Giannis and, and Kawhi earlier as the two players that we would add to this team. I also think that, um, yeah, either Porzingis has to become you know, a bucket getter, you know, a go-to score. He has to raise that level, which I actually think he can get to. I think that this was his, you know, that, that run we saw him go on uh, when Luca was out and then even when Luca started to come back in before the stoppage, like that run is is what we can expect from Porzingis, you know, going forward, and that's the base, That's the baseline. I think he can even improve on that run and get better at that point. And now we're going to see, you know, well, this – this stoppage is going to mess with a lot of things, but hopefully Porzingis can get to it back to a point where you know he's improving from where he was at that point, become a better you know shooter, become a better bucket getter, and if that's the case, then I think you're just talking about adding another you know three and D type player, an elite wing defender that can maybe just shoot you know the three, and then after that, I think I think this team's good to go. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that's a lot of the reason you know people were still talking about besides Clay Thompson probably being forced to miss the entire year that's a guy that makes a lot of sense on this team you know three and d like to the t basically but tim hardaway jr is kind of doing a lot of what we would have asked clay thompson to do at, the, at this point and he's not on a max contract it's pretty darn close to it but not on a max contract like clay would have been let's look at the 20 let's look at the 2021 free agency class so this summer you know and the mavericks didn't have a lot of money anyway not exactly sure what's going to happen with the cap with all this stoppage and the, the nba losing some money here but um, the Mavericks in 2021 look to have about 30, you know, 35 million dollars in space. Uh, that's enough to add a max guy, just about. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are the tier one free agents that are going to be out there. So let's talk about what you know, what would be pie in the sky scenarios and maybe an under the radar scenario. Giannis is the big one people talk about a lot. He's an unrestricted free agent that year, which is just crazy. That just does not happen <laughs> that Giannis becomes unrestricted like that. Um, as young as he is. 
Paul George and Kawhi both have player options. Paul George is for 37 million, and then Kawhi is for 36 million. So just above what the Mavericks are going to have. LeBron has a player option for 41 million. Rudy Gobert is an unrestricted free agent. Victor Oladipo is an unrestricted free agent. And Drew Holiday has a $27 million player option. Of those options, I mean, I think Kawhi and Giannis are the top, but which one seems the most realistic and optimal for the Mavs? I mean, Giannis, 100% at the top, and obviously they're going to do all they can. We've seen literally everything pointing to, everything they can to at least try to get him. Um, you know, I do think Giannis is a pretty loyal guy, and he's, he's interested or he wants to stay in Milwaukee, but, you know, if this next year doesn't go as planned for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he's taking meetings, and I think the Mavs would 100% be one of those meetings that he takes. So Giannis is number one for me uh, by a long shot um, because at, at that point Kawhi is, what, 30? 31 and you know I, i'd rather have someone who fits the timeline so i'm gonna actually go Giannis and rudy gobert as my top two uh i think rudy's also very I, I think rudy would probably be the most likely of that list i think they would like a guy like drew holiday but again an older one um, but i do think rudy gobert makes some sense on this team i'm kind of in the camp that like gobert's a bit overrated in the nba i'll say it but i do think he makes a lot of sense for this team if you have two rim protectors in gobert and porzingis down low and a guy who's going to take a lot of the rebounding load away from Luka and KP, that makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, got to go for Giannis first. If he says no, go hard after Rudy Gobert, in my opinion. Yeah, the Rudy Gobert one is interesting. Uh, Drew Holiday, I think, to me, might be the most realistic at that point. Um, maybe Victor Oladipo, but it's, it feels like, to me, they're going to get a uh, an extension done with him at some point. But Drew Holiday, uh, Rudy Gobert is fascinating to me because – I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know exactly how he feels in Utah. You had the whole, you know, Donovan Mitchell and him both testing positive, Donovan Mitchell kind of being upset and frustrated, the team being upset and frustrated. How long does that last? Does it just boil over? You know, is it to the point where he needs to to move, like he needs to leave and get traded, or can they just, you know, be okay with it for a while? Like how long does that last? Does something else happen? Maybe not to that level of this pandemic, obviously, hopefully, but uh, the Rudy Gobert scenario, adding him to this team is super fascinating because then, like you said, you add two, you have two rim protectors in Gobert, who's the best one in the league, and then Porzingis, who's really good. But then you also have Rudy Gobert is now your guy that can defend those big fives. Then you're asking Porzingis to guard some of the quicker fours. And mm. I'm not exactly sure if they want to do that. Um, it's just a, a really, it, it changes your team a lot. You, you give Rick Carlisle a, you know, the ideal Tyson Chandler, right? <laughs> like that, that he's Golly, maybe yeah. the most optimal. And Car- Carlisle has been one of the best at using guys like that. Uh, talk about a pick and roll combo with Luca. I mean, Luca using Rudy Gobert in the pick and roll is just, you know, an incredible thought. But does it change your team too much to the point where, you know, we just saw that Porzingis at the five is their best lineup? Does that change that too much fundamentally to where you would rather go for like a Drew Holiday? Uh, even if he's a lesser player, because he's that wing defender that you can get that can get his own bucket. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. Uh, Drew Holiday at that point is 32, I think. And, you know, I don't think that should shy you, like make you shy away from him because I do think he makes a lot of sense on this team. Um, outside of the Kawhi Leonard of the world, I'd probably have Drew Holiday up there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough because at the beginning of the year, we were so sold on KP at the four. And, you know, now that things have changed so much, we've had them at the five, and you're right, it does make a lot of sense. Um, 
man, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, you know, if Gobert says, hey, I want to play here, I, I'm not going to say no. I, I would right. figure it out. You know, you make it work one way or the other. And like you said, man, I've never even thought about that. But you have the picture-perfect Tyson Chandler and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and he might be better than Tyson Chandler. Like, I think he is better uh, yeah. than, than no, Tyson I think, Chandler. I think he is. Which is wild. But, yeah, I think Carlisle would be able to use him in ways that um, – I think Quinn Snyder's doing a great job, but they haven't really had – they have Mike Conley now, but he hasn't had that great of a year. They haven't had a point guard that can utilize him to the best of his abilities. Uh, like, they had Rubio for a while. They have Mike Conley now. Um, I think that Luka could get some stuff out of Rudy Gobert that we haven't seen before. Potentially. I don't know. We'll If it be, even becomes a thing, because who knows? He could just re-sign and, uh, you know, everything would be fine. But this whole, you know, coronavirus thing and then – we saw Gordon Hayward leave as well, so who who knows what's going to happen with with Rudy Gobert? But that's an interesting name to look out for. It's not just Giannis, right? Those those names in twenty twenty one. It's not just Giannis. There's even a tier two and tier three of bigger name free agents. There's Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Lowry, Gordon Hayward, and I mentioned before Blake Griffin has a player option. DeAndre or uh, Andre Drummond, Stephen Adams, Nurkic. <laughs> DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Mike Conley. Like, those are some bigger names. Some of those names there's definite flaws <laughs> with, but right. uh, it's not just Giannis. You know, that would be the, the best and most optimal name, but 2021, there's some, some interesting names to look out for. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So I'm more excited for the 2021 summer than this summer. I mean, this summer is AD and then the rest of them, basically, at this point. So, yeah, 2021 is going to be really interesting. A lot of, I think a lot of big names will be on the move by then because there's going to be a lot of teams with money. I mean, literally, Everyone that's clearing up cap space is clearing it up for that summer, not this summer. Right. And like you mentioned, there's names like AD. They're going to be free agents potentially this summer. Uh, He could sign a one-year deal. He could do what, you know, maybe there's some weird thing where the cap goes down for 2021 or for, yeah, for for going into the 2020-2021 season. And then it goes back up, you know, for the 2021-2022 season. Like maybe that's a thing where where guys take a bunch of one-year deals and then that – you know, 2021 free agency class just becomes even better. Like, who knows? That could happen. Yeah, they really could. Ooh, that would be that'd be a fun little wrinkle, though. It would be. There's, I mean, like Cuban said, I'm just going to keep repeating this. We're just in uncharted waters. We have no idea anything's still on the table. Like, who knows what this could impact? We could be looking back years from now and saying, "Man, the Mavericks were able to get Player X because of all this stuff." Like, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Okay. No, you're 100 percent right. Who knows? So there you go, Jimmy. Tell everybody where they can find you. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Man, always. Love being on, on the podcast with you, Nick. You can find me at all underscore things underscore Mavs on Twitter. I'm doing videos every week, doing one Mavs video a week for Chat Sports. Go follow them on Twitter at Chat Sports and check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chat Sports TV. No basketball, but we've still got a lot of NBA content for you over there. Nick, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.